Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing this week? This week is crazy. This week has been, honestly, there's been so many things happening this week. I feel like I say that every single week. But if you want to know a little bit more about what's been going on this week, go and have a read of my blog post because I go into it there. And today is not going to be about that because it is far too much to talk about in today's podcast when I have a very, very interesting podcast for you all today. So I really hope you've all had a wonderful, wonderful week. I have also had a good and crazy week, but again, go give that blog post a read and, you know, see what you think. It's not very long, just give it a read if you fancy it. But today I have a really interesting podcast. It's all about soya consumption for your health. So I don't know if you have a lot of soya products, if you even know what soya is, or if it's just something that you have all the time, something you've never tried. Soya is uh, not really a common thing to have here, I wouldn't say. I feel like it's not very much included in British cuisine at all. But what is soya? Let's talk about what it is. So it's a species of legume that's native to East Asia and it's a staple in the Asian diet. So these are things like soya milk, tofu, tempeh, soya yogurt, but you can even just get your hands on soya beans, which is the most unprocessed form of soya. And this, these types of foods, obviously it's just a legume, it's just another type of bean and we all know the importance of beans for our health. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you will know how I feel about beans and the consumption of those for your health and well-being. Eating beans will never, ever, ever be problematic for your health unless you're allergic to them, obviously. But they are so amazing and soya, I'm so happy that the whole soya thing is coming out a little bit more now and plant-based eating has become more of a norm and it's more of a thing that people do especially with dairy I think as well people are noticing a lot of health complications that are coming from consuming dairy and they are changing to more alternatives and I don't even like saying alternatives because soya soya products are not alternatives to dairy or meats or any of these types of things they should just be standalone you know you consume them they're not alternative suggests not as good so these are the types of foods that I'm going to be talking about today and really I'm I'm going to say as well that I've not consumed much soya at all in my life either and it's something I am trying to increase but I want this is why I do the podcast a lot of the time my podcast ideas come from my own life and I like to share the different types of information that I'm learning about because I am always trying to constantly learn about nutrition, about fitness, about wellness, not just for myself, but for the podcast, for the blogs and for my career. So I really like to share and learn as much as possible so that I can go a deep dive into these things and learn more for myself, my own health and learn for you guys so that you guys can implement these incredible research and this incredible knowledge into your life and reap the benefits of it. So soya is a really important source of plant-based protein. It is actually a complete protein source with a protein digestibility corrected amino acid score of 1.00 which is close to animal proteins. It's very very similar and it's an actually it's actually complete protein with all the amino acids so that is incredible as we have always assumed that 
animal products are the only ones that can compete as a full complete amino acid profile but soya is actually up there as well it's not the exact same but it is very very close which is really really important especially if you're on a vegan diet and especially if you're on a vegetarian diet to get this type of protein in and we don't need complete sources of protein for our health to get our protein uh, intakes and if you've been listening to the podcast you'll know that already as well but we know that from research that there's no difference in consuming animal or or plant sources of protein as long as you're getting enough of it. So soya is a really important way to do that and we know from a lot of different studies as well that plant protein is actually more beneficial for our well-being instead of animal sources of protein. There's more nutrients in plant sources of protein. Really with plant sources of protein what we're getting is a lot of protein and not really much else. A lot of protein, maybe a bit of iron, maybe a few minimal other nutrients but with plant protein we're getting a whole abundance of nutrients of different types of vitamins minerals that we can get from that one source of that protein so it's really important to be getting plant sources of protein in your diet even if you eat meat regularly even if you are not vegetarian not vegan implementing these types of foods are going to be incredibly helpful for your well-being so it's a really important source of protein also unsaturated fats so it's, it's a really good source of unsaturated fat also vitamin k1 folate copper manganese phosphorus and thiamine just to name a few and these nutrients are incredibly important for your overall well-being and your overall functioning and you will not get these types of nutrients from a big slab of steak (laughs) you know and we also know with meat and especially red meat consumption that it's linked to cancer and also cardiovascular diseases and other different chronic conditions so it's really really important that we're getting a different sources of all plants whether they're sources of protein whether they're sources of fat or carbohydrate plants is where you're wanting to be at and the research says and shows and suggests again and again and again that the more plants that you consume, the healthier, the more varied, the more nutrients you're getting in your diet. And we know that, we know that for certain. So really anywhere that you can, you know, switch out meat or dairy for different sources of plants is a really good idea. And I'm not telling you to completely stop eating meat or completely stop eating dairy. That is not necessarily the answer either. But really trying to increase the amount of plants that you're eating, especially the variety of plants that you're eating, is always, always going to be a good idea. So before you start cutting anything out of your diet, before you start looking at your diet and thinking, oh no, 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 that's not good for you, more what I would encourage you to do is add in and swap things around, not necessarily completely remove So let's get into some of the research. There's so much research on soya and health. It is involved in the prevention and management of chronic diseases, namely cancers, specifically breast cancer and prostate cancer. They're also involved in lowering the cholesterol levels in the body and also decreasing menopause symptoms. Also aids in cancer prevention and increasing bone health so there's loads of different benefits come from consuming soya and really there is no you're probably going to ask me Mary what's what's the perfect amount of soy that we should be eating every day and more so what I would suggest to you about instead of worrying about numbers is that 
you should be concentrating on just consuming soya products regularly. So this is going to be quite crazy for you to hear probably because I'm talking about it and I've, I've never really had soya yogurt and I really want to try it and I went to Sainsbury's last week for the weekly shop and I was looking and this is so stupid because I'm vegan but I was looking at the plant yogurts and I thought Alpro did both vegan and normal yogurt so like was looking at the shelf and I was like there's not there's nothing here and they were all soya yogurt and I literally just couldn't see it so I didn't get any so I'm going to try and get some this week and try and implement it in ways and if you're interested on how I implement more soya into my diet give me a follow on Instagram because I put a lot of my meals up there and what they are and different ideas that you can use and they you know people tell me that they think they look good so if you want some ideas on healthy eating or you know how to use soya which I will be putting up on there please do give me a follow on Instagram it's just Mary underscore gardener and there's also a link to that in the description so you can you can have a look at that but anyway also there's a lot of research on soya for the menopause soya for menstrual health and women's health there's a lot to do about that and there's also a lot to of research to suggest that women in Asia and in Asia in different places especially East Asia as it's a very native to that area have healthier breast cancer rates and they are generally have decreased risk of these different chronic conditions in comparison to the UK or comparison to other westernized countries or even other non-westernized countries so it's very very interesting and it seems as though the research suggests that earlier you consume soya products in your diet regularly the better so really as soon as you can start consuming this stuff it's never too late but the research does suggest that it is better to be consumed as early as, as childhood so soy for the menopause for anyone who might be going through that or anyone who is interested in that one study that i found shown that 60 grams a day of mod- of soya actually decreased the amount of menopausal symptoms and also made them less severe so this is really important as well and the menopause can be quite stressful and quite how do i put this it, it can really cause issues for your health as the menopause, as we've gone through the menopause, a lot of changes happen in the body and this increases the risk of things like osteoporosis and other chronic conditions. So it's really important to look after yourself throughout the menopause and all the way throughout your life leading up to that because of the massive changes in your body, the massive changes in hormones and how that impacts our body and our health and our longevity. And soy has actually been shown as one of the ways in which we can do that, which is an incredible thing. And if you are you know wanting to increase the amount of soya in your foods and you are around about that age it's a great time to do it so I would really recommend you go and and give them a try even if you're having like you know there's so many different types of soya there's soya milk you can literally just do the beans cook the beans I've not seen any soya beans in the little tubs tin things at like shops that you normally get like beans that have already been cooked but I've seen lots of soybeans that are dry so you can cook your own soybeans or you can get soy milk soya yogurt tempeh is the probably the most unprocessed form of soya tofu is a little bit more processed but again both sources of soya that come from is created from soybeans and soya milk so 
I would like to touch on that a little bit as well as a lot of people might be thinking that you know what about processing what about the process of soy products because a lot of soy products that you see out there are quite processed and so say the yogurt to get to the yogurt there's been quite a lot of processing involved in that and there's a lot of things like soya burgers like soya meat alternatives and they are quite processed and have gone through quite a rigorous processing procedure in order to make them like that and we know with ultra processed foods that it is very dangerous for your well-being to consume them regularly so I would like to touch on this as there is you know a little bit of issues in comparison to this and there's another controversy really around about soya and the phytoestrogens that are in soya and I don't know if you've if you have been in the nutrition space for a while or if you've heard about this before. There's a big thing about this a while ago on how soya has these types of estrogen and it can be quite problematic for our health, especially for men. And I'm here to bust that myth right now as well as kind of the processing one. I'll talk about the the phytoestrogens first so there's a, a component within soya that is called isoflavones which are naturally occurring phytoestrogens and estrogen which you're probably hearing in that word is a female hormone that is very very important for our well-being this is one of the reasons why menopause is, is a really big change because of the differences in estrogen and, and progesterone that occur in menopause but also estrogen is really important for female health for the menopause and also for menstruation so there's a lot of things about to do with this and that men shouldn't be consuming soya and all of this rubbish stuff because it would decrease your testosterone and then increase your risk of diseases and things like that and really the concerns about isoflavones which are the phytoestrogens on health were based upon rodent studies so rat studies mice studies and they of course are good at informing us about different aspects of health when we can't necessarily test that on humans or if it's maybe not ethical to test on humans but we are not rats at the end of the day and the human research on soya and soya consumption in both men and women suggests that they are safe and actually beneficial for our health and these have been shown in observational and clinical studies so we do know that that is not true that these phytoestrogens they're naturally occurring phytoestrogens of course if you you know start taking estrogen just like you know many people do today you will develop female more more female symptoms I would say um, of course that's how that's going to work but naturally occurring in food we are not too worried about specifically in soya so let's just bust that myth right there that there, there's no issue with consuming soya not for men and especially not for women you know it's very very promising for our health so I wanted to say that just in case because I've, a lot of people will say that and think that because it, it was a big deal a little while ago and soya took a little bit of a hit because of that but it's definitely coming back and with the processing as well that I want to talk about is a lot of the type of yogurts and the milk they have added you know stabilizers emulsifiers and these are essentially just chemicals that are they add in for the consistency and also for the shelf life of their products and we do know that emulsifiers and stabilizers and things like that are not what we want to be consuming they are not conductive of health in general but if we think about the benefits of soya and 
also these products, especially the yogurt and the milk, sometimes they add calcium, vitamin B12 and even vitamin D. So if you are someone who's vegan and struggles to eat a healthy diet, I would suggest that you forget about the issues with the emulsifiers and the stabilizers and consume that if you enjoy eating that and if you find that you can eat that regularly. So really it depends on you. You can definitely get versions of soya yogurt and milk that don't have these things in them but they're probably very much very more expensive and they are probably more hard to find so really what I would say to you is weigh up the pros and cons try and get the most the least processed version of these things and the you know the least amount of emulsifiers stabilizers all these different types of things read the ingredients list, have a look, but if they have added calcium and vitamin B12 and vitamin D and things like that, I would maybe suggest that the benefits were better than the issues with the stabilizers and the emulsifiers. But again, it is it is really down to your personal preference and what you would like to pay for, what you wouldn't want to pay for, and also what you as a person care about. But really, I think encouraging the consumption of soy products in whatever form they come in is a really good, really good thing to do. But there is definitely opting for minimally processed ones. So like soya uh, tempeh is the least processed. You can actually, there's actually bean indentations in tempeh and it's the least processed version. It's also fermented. So there's a lot of good benefits in tempeh. Tofu as well is a good one. Again, it's a little bit more processed than tempeh. Edamame is a great one. They're edamame beans, you've seen them before. And soy milk, yogurts and things like that. But maybe if you're really happy with consuming those types of foods, stay clear a little bit of the really highly processed tofu burgers, you know, tofu sausages, things like that. Because they're very, they can be very highly processed and this might actually impact the nutrient quality and how it has an impact on your body. But again, read the ingredients, you know, if there is there a long list of chemicals in there, is there a long list of ingre- ingredients that you don't know what they are? You know, so have a look at the ingredients, see what they say, and if you're not comfortable with the amount of ingredients in there, you know, don't buy it, try and find a better alternative. But at the same time, getting nutrients is more important than avoiding chemicals, I would suggest. So really, if we're having a very small amount of chemicals, which we all are because it's not possible to completely eliminate, you know, there's pollution everywhere, there's chemicals everywhere. And really, it should just be about increasing the amount of really good nutrient-dense foods in our diet so that we are able to combat these chemicals and use these nutrients to vitalise our body systems and, you know, make us incredibly prepared for any type of disease or chemical that might come our way so may I also would like to caution on soy oil because which I don't think is very common I've never actually seen it but I actually did stumble across some research that suggests that it increased mortality from diabetes and CBVD so we don't want that either so again stay away from soy oil we don't really want to be dealing with that but I don't think it's a very common thing to be consuming so I would like to just say that but I don't think it's a big deal but really what I'm saying to you is increase the amount of soya products that you are consuming 
try and get some more of that in your diet more regularly. Read the, ingredient, read the ingredients, make sure you're not getting a version of soya product that is incredibly processed. But really, there is a massive amount of benefits of soya and consuming soya regularly. And it's about time we learn from East Asia and their diets and try and include more of these products in our diets. But I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. I really hope that you learn the amazing benefits of soya. I know that I definitely am going to try and consume it as much as possible. Give me a follow on Instagram to see how I do this and see how I implement soya products into my diet. And I really hope that you have an amazing week. I have a lot of exciting things happening this weekend. And yeah, my my auntie and uncle-to-be are getting married on Sunday, which will be tomorrow, which will be the day you're hearing this podcast. So I'm really excited about that and I have a lot of nice things planned. So I really hope you have a lovely weekend and please do share, like, comment, do whatever you feel compelled to do. It helps me out more than you know. You can also, I don't know if anyone knows this, but you can actually follow or subscribe to me on your podcasting platform, if it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can follow and that really, really helps me out. It really helps me understand what people like and how many people are listening to the podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening and I will speak to you all next week. Bye.